With the example of Father Capon, we are given a model of how to be hope to a hopeless world, to be light to a dark world, to be so filled with joy that people desire to be around us. There's an urgency in the world right now. I want to enter the mission territory. In fact, the Lord has called all of us into this battle for souls. He's not given anybody a pass on that. Welcome to the Foxhole. Good morning, everyone. This is Jason Searle, and on behalf of Capon's Men, we thank you for joining us in the Foxhole on the Memorial of St. Padre Pio. Our men's faith formation groups follow the example of servant of God, Father Emil Capon, a priest from Kansas who lived the gospel in a simple daily life all the way through his heroic actions on the battlefields in the prisoner of war camp in Korea, where he eventually died at the hands of his captors. Although Father Capon was ordered to safety during the Battle of Unsan, his response to accompany his men during the battle that ensued and their subsequent capture resulted in Father Capon becoming the most highly decorated chaplain in the United States Army history. The Foxhole has been honored to host guests who are making a difference in their communities, families, and their faith circles, and we explore how they, just like Father Capon, are doing the simple things in extraordinary ways. This week, we're honored to have Liz Sams and Janine McGann, who join us from North Carolina. As the founders of Project Life Ministries, they recognize that the culture was selling false hopes and unhealthy expectations to all of us. And as a result, these wives and mothers decided to be catalysts for honest conversations about who we and who our children truly are. We are children of God who are loved unconditionally, and that so many of us have spent an exhausting amount of time chasing after a culture that promises us so much in terms of materialism, popularity, and distorted views of morality that has led only to a path of despair and anxiety, rather than a life fully alive, rooted in the experience of our Lord's warm embrace. They had huge success with their first film, Speaking of Sparrows, which reached women of all ages, and it's a must-see not only for young women, but for parents as well. I absolutely love the film. Additionally, they do magnificent retreat work in which they foster the concept of all of us encountering and accepting the Lord's invitation to guide our lives and to grow in that most important of relationships. They're now in the middle of releasing their next film titled The Fourth Man, which explores authentic manhood and again helps us to navigate through the cultural norms that are obstacles to us being comfortable as sons of God. In addition to all of this, they have love and devotion to Father Capon, and for this and for taking time out of their busy schedules today, we thank them. We're humbled to hear more about their work. Before I turn it over to them, I want to remind everyone that you can find all our work at capensmen.com, and as for this podcast, the weekly listens continue to grow, so thank you for your continued efforts to share this message of faith, hope, and love. Joe Ferris will lead us with a prayer, and with this, it's an honor to introduce and welcome Liz and Janine and Joe. Good morning, and thanks for joining us in the Foxhole. Good morning, Jason. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much. Beautiful intro. I want to pray. Before I pray, I just want to point something out to everybody on the call, because I think during this time, this season that we're in, we find ourselves kind of um, disconnected from our local community or disconnected from our parish. And something that Jason said in that intro, that today's the memorial of St. Padre Pio, and I think there's always a uh, question, like, how does he always know these things? And I'd say to the men on this call, uh, usccb.org. 
Like I challenge people to go into the daily readings. If you can't get to daily mass or if you're in a, in a, in a spot in the country where you're unable to get there um, because of the pandemic or because of other reasons, we can go on every single day. USCCB.org, read the readings of the day. And in that, we're in solidarity with people all over the world. 17,000 Catholic churches in the United States reading these same readings, reflecting, praying, growing, and being inspired by God's Word. You know, it leads me straight to the responsorial psalm today. And it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. That's from Psalm 119.105. And I grew up in a part of the world where light was important, especially when you look at a lighthouse in the most vulnerable space on a piece of land. And the lighthouse stood firmly in the storm and provided safety and comfort to people as they navigated the chaos and the craziness and sometimes even the life-threatening moments that they were out to see. So what I'd say to you out there, wherever you are, I would tell you that if you're feeling a little darkness, if you're a little nervous, if you're a little uncomfortable or or feeling anxious about where we're going, what I'd, I'd call you back to the Word. I'd call you to soak in it, to be inspired by it, and to join if you can't personally sit in a church and, and be present as the priest reads the readings or the, or the lector reads the readings, to you yourself go to the Word and sit in it and be present to it. And let God speak to you through the Word. So let's start with prayer in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, I love you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for this day. I thank you, God, for the opportunity to soak in your Word, God. I thank you, God, for the people around us that have been light to us in the moments where we didn't know which step to take. Lord, I just pray for that man who's listening right now who's struggling to figure out what he's supposed to do or where he's supposed to go or perhaps in some economic uncertainty. I just pray, God, that you give him a renewed vigor to go back to the Word, to read the readings of the day, to let them guide his steps today. I pray, God, for those families that are in distress. I pray for our priests, God, for our bishops, that as they lead the church during this uncertain time, that they lead with courage and with wisdom. And I pray, God, that that we all might be lighthouses, that we don't run from those, those vulnerable spots, and that we just use what you've given to us, Lord, to be light to a world that sometimes has grown dark or faint. I ask all these things to the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of my mother, Mary. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Friends, I am so excited with our guests today. We are so blessed. And I just, I, I know personally, but I want, I'd love for them maybe to do a little intro. Um, we've got Liz and Janine. Uh, they're in North Carolina, one of my favorite places in the world. They are super accomplished youth ministers. They've been doing this ministry for a long time. I would call them local legends. I know they don't like that kind of language. But they did uh, go from youth ministers in a parish to movie producers. So I, Liz and Jane, I know you're out there. I'd love for you just to kind of share maybe a second or two of, of who you are and where you're from, maybe if Jason didn't cover it, and then tell us how you go from youth minister to movie producer. Good morning. Thank Good morning, you for having Joe. us. We, um, we, I, have, I guess I've been in ministry a long time. Um, youth ministers started back probably – I think we should say this is Liz talking yeah, so that sorry. people will be able to tell whose voice is who. <laughs> yeah, I've been in youth ministry probably about 16, 17 years now, both as a volunteer and then also moving into this as a vocation. Um, and 
I'm married to my husband, Matt. I have two kids. One is 18 and just launched to college, and my younger is a junior in high school, my son. Um, and I'm Janine McGann, um, married to Mike. I have three awesome young adult men. Um, and so I've been in youth ministry for probably about nine years. I linked arms with Liz almost a decade ago. And I think when you ask how we made that leap from youth minister to movie producer, I think it's almost a bigger leap from where we were in life with our jobs moving into youth ministry. And so I'm a speech-language pathologist by education. Liz is a poli-sci major. And so <laughs> when you look at um, kind of making that leap of, of how you go from, from these roles into executive producers of two films, I think it's all about, um, you know, we all have it in us to do something that makes no sense unless God exists. And so when you look on paper, everything we've done honestly makes no sense. There's no way a speech-language pathologist and a poli-sci major should have ever gone into youth ministry and then ever into filmmaking. And I think that's one thing we don't really talk about a lot is when you have that drop-the-net moment and you become a true disciple of Christ, the fruit that can be born from that courageous leap is just that. So Liz and I both had um, reversion back into our faith and went all in. And I would say that Project Light Ministries is the beautiful fruit that was born from our very simple yes. Yeah. We talk about it as following the breadcrumbs. So we feel like God Paul has been consistently very faithful in, in leading our ministry exclusively. And we will just sometimes look back at a moment and laugh and go, thank you, God, for that breadcrumb, because we would never have known. And he's always put the right people in the right place in our path to help us get to the next step. And um, mm, that's so true. It's just he's so, it, faithful. He's so faithful to us. So we, we just feel like we have tried really hard to lean into his voice, to lean into his mm -hmm. presence, to be aware of where he's trying to direct us and, mm -hmm. and respond, even when it doesn't make sense. Uh, really, especially when it doesn't make sense. And um, he just, we always talk about how God is just looking up there going, come on, girl, pay attention. I'm trying to lead you here. And, and then when we get there, we sort of feel like he's like, good job. You, this is what I wanted you to do. And that also happens, you know, adversely sometimes where he'll say, well, you know, nope, 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 don't go down that path. That's not the right direction. And he'll kind of redirect us. I think it's an interesting mix of both, um, docility and obedience to the spirit to the spirit like liz was talking about about leaning in and being patient and being docile and waiting and obedient but then on the flip side of this relentless pursuit of the desires that he puts in our heart and once that happens you know really you know the enemy is strong and as wonderful as these desires are from god there's definitely some spiritual warfare and so that there's like this relentless fire, I think, that has to be in your heart as well. Um, that when you go all in, you are trying to pursue this at at all costs. That's scary. Uh, look, I, 
I know both of y'all, and there's some relentless fire there. That is for sure. <laughs> I would say, um, I will tell you that I, I, I just love, like, the, the response to World Psalm today and your Project Light Ministries, and I just was so excited and praying for you guys this morning. The movie Speaking the Sparrows, uh, I became your biggest fan after watching with my, at the time, 16-year-old daughter, because it opened up communication with my daughter that I had never had and as a oh. at the time a 40 some year old man had no idea so I know that the movie itself has spread like wildfire like everywhere I go people talking about it kind of quietly have you seen it what's it done can you guys share um, a little bit of what you've seen and where you where you've seen the impact of that movie kind of out in the greater church because I know you started it for at a local reason but even outside of that Sure. I think we were we were kind of reminiscing about yeah. some glory stories. Yeah. You know, just things. Sometimes, you know, the film goes out and, and we put it in the mail and, you know, we, we do our own shipping of the DVDs and I'll try to, you know, pray over the DVD before I ship it out. Like, please, you know, let this lead to light and healing. Um, but fortunately, we've been able to do some things in person, which helps us connect with people. So we get to see the actual process of mm-hmm. like self-awareness and healing start and one of the stories that has really right out of the gate we were doing an event um, out of town and a young lady we showed the film and then had a panel discussion afterwards and a young woman uh, came up to me afterwards and just wept and talked about and shared with me her addiction to pornography and we were able to, you know, stay in touch with her afterwards, but also more importantly, most importantly, was connect her to somebody local that could continue to walk Mm -hmm. with her. She had a a youth minister there on site that she'd not talked to about it yet, but we were able to connect them, and then she, that youth minister was able to really help her locally and get the support that she needed to kind of deal with that struggle that she was dealing with. Um, another one of our favorites was one of the first showings we ever did of the film down in Alabama. We were showing it to a, a group. It was a large group, and it was different ages, and it was men and women. And um, as the film ended, we did another large group discussion, and this woman who was seven, I think she said, I'm 72 years old, and I, I can't believe it took me this long to realize that I'm not alone that there were other women out there who were facing these mm-hmm. same struggles and felt this same way. Yeah. And we just ran over and hugged her because yeah. she was so excited because for all these years, till she was 72 years old, she thought she was alone. And that, that's what the enemy does. Like that's exactly what the enemy wants us to feel is there's something wrong with us. We're all alone. We're isolated. Yeah. Um, and, you know, everything going on in the world right now is not helping that at all. And so there's just, um, mm. it's so important for us to come together and provide space for those moments, those conversations to happen at, at church in the context of God's love for us. Like, yeah. that's so important. There's, like, other ways to talk about this topic, but our, our mission has been to bring these issues into the light in the context of the Father's love. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the most I, I would also add, Janine, come on, girl, come on, give it to us. No. You're good. 
Are you sure? Okay. I was going to say yeah. one of the surprising, um, beautiful outcomes of the film. So when we made the film, it was to provide hope and healing for our teenage and young adult women. And we never thought that the film would share and shed light on the restoration of marriage. That was a complete shocker. And so this summer, Liz and I did a bunch of Facebook lives yeah. with women, um, I would say probably 30 and up, and many of them in marriages. And the private messages and DMs that we were getting from women of, you know, this gave me the courage to go to my husband and share something I've been carrying, a burden I've been carrying, you know, for 20-some years. And then to see the Lord begin to heal that covenant was, oh, my gosh, what a gift. It's like you're in my head, Janine. I was, I was just about to say it gave me the opportunity to love my, life, my wife well, too, like to mm -hmm. just to, to understand her story and to enter her story. So first thing I'd say is if you haven't seen Speaking the Sparrows, you know, grab your bride, grab this thing, and watch it. Secondly, uh, you guys, I'm, Jason mentioned it. There is a men's film. Uh, I'd love to hear you just break open a little bit of why a men's film, two female producers making a men's film, which is kind of funny, um, but even more, <laughs> just what, what, what stirred it up in you and what got it moving and what's it look like for us? Again, on paper, like you just said, this does not make sense, right. how two women are making a film for men. Uh, we totally recognize that, and we will openly admit that it was a harder project for sure for us and we had a wonderful male director yeah so we have to we have to give incredible gratitude and um praise and respect to 4pm media and dan johnson who has uh, directed work with us which is not always easy um uh credit for creating these beautiful films and he really um poured his heart and soul into the guys film and was huge for us in terms of the story, the content, everything. I mean, just an excellent voice. The everything. So we could definitely couldn't have done uh, either project without him, but especially the the this guy's film. So mm. we, you know, we it doesn't really. We thought a lot about this topic um, because it just doesn't make sense for us to heal one and not the other, and so. If we, our vision, our goal is to have men and women equally yoked, whether that's in friendships or marriages or dating relationships, family, whatever that is, um, if one is left behind, then that doesn't make sense. That's not going to lead to the wholeness and healing that we, we believe that's God's intention for us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, He came like, came, I know it's 1010 and, John 1010, 10, but, you know, that's what he came for, was that we would be able to fully live and be fully alive and to be happy and whole and to heal only, work on only healing the women and not the men, that just doesn't make sense, in no matter how you look at it. And so um, we were daunted by the challenge of making a film for the guys. Uh, it, the girls' film poured out of us so much Oh, it was so, so much easier compared to easy. Right. And and God bless all the men that were mm -hmm. and the women and sparrows, but we also have been incredibly blessed that God's put these people in our lives that were willing to tell their stories and were willing to be vulnerable about really hard topics. 
because storytelling, personal witness, is right. the greatest way to get people to be vulnerable themselves and to to evangelize them and, and you know speak to them about the Father's love. And we could never have done these films if we didn't have these amazing people that were like, I'll, I'll step up, I'll tell my story. Right. And culture has worked so hard to distort and almost cancel out masculinity. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk into Target and you see T-shirts in the girls' section that says the future is female. And I can remember walking in and thinking, well, where where's a place for my boys? And we can't, like Liz said, we cannot elevate one gender by canceling out the other. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lord, right, we were created to complement and walk together and be equally yoked. And so to have a film for men was so incredibly important mm-hmm. to both of us because God's voice is so quiet, right? He comes in a whisper and culture is just, um, raging loud and chaotic and confusing. confusing and there needed to be this, I mean quite honestly resources for guys are so far and few and I mean relevant and and relatable and so that desire on our heart we knew it was a really big undertaking and we knew it didn't make sense but we also knew it was very very necessary yeah uh, that, that's almost like a recipe for God to do something great. Like we couldn't do it. We had no idea what we were doing. So the Lord had to be in charge of the vast majority of the project. So yeah, I'm yeah. in. This is good stuff. So tell us what is a win? What would a win be for the four? I mean, I think Speaking the Sparrows speaks for itself. It's all over the country now in youth ministries and young adults and families, you know, husbands and wives watching it. Um, what's a win for the, the fourth man? And tell us maybe a second why you chose The Fourth Man as the title of the book, the title of the movie. I call it the book, the movie. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, I'll kick off with the title of the film. We were sitting in a daily mass, oh gosh, probably two, two years ago maybe, and it was a reading from the book of Daniel where um, King Nebuchadnezzar throws the three men, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, into the fiery furnace. And he looks into the furnace and says, did I not put three men in this furnace, yet I see a fourth. Truly, he must, that fourth, that fourth man truly must be the son of God. And I can remember, like, honestly, at that moment, like, my heart was pierced of, Oh my gosh, that is the culture that our men are living in right now. They are bound and in this, you know, the heat of the world, the furnace of the world. And when you look at authentic masculinity, the greatest role model we have is Christ, right? And sometimes we have to be in, like he brings us into the fire to purify us. But it's also in the fire where he meets us and um, unbinds us so that you can walk out of the fire. And it just, being so fitting and honestly there's so many other layers and beautiful like Liz said earlier breadcrumbs to how that title came to be Um, but yeah that's how we got the fourth man Um, I would say the win for us and it's been really hard to articulate that yeah that was not my favorite question though (laughs) I think I would say that from our own personal experience we made the girls film so quickly, so easily, because we understand the struggles of women. Right. 
after doing all the research for the guy's film and the interviews and working on putting the story together, I know that I'll speak for myself, but okay. I think Janine would agree with some of this, is that I came out on the other end so compassionate oh, towards men and the confusion that yeah. they are facing about who they are and who they were created to be and had no idea that they were also feeling so conflicted between what God is calling them to be versus what culture is calling them to be or telling them they should be. And I felt like their path seemed so clear and so much easier than a woman's path. But after this experience, I think one of the greatest wins would be that men and women view each other with more compassion about their struggles, their challenges, you know, the mixed messages they're getting, and instead try to lift each other up more, try to be more compassionate to one another, um, and help them rise to be who God created them to be, instead of just kind of being in their own boat, rowing their own boat, and I don't get you, and I don't really understand you, I have to deal with my own stuff, but just more um, self-awareness and compassion towards the other, I think, could help build up uh, humanity, quite frankly. I mean, not just our church, but just humanity, um, because we're both under attack in very different ways, in very different ways. I think yeah. the only thing I would add to that is coming out of the film is the isolation that men feel. And if just one man would not feel alone, that, that would be, yeah, yeah, that would be a win to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's huge. Well, Project Light Ministries, with these two films and some of the work you guys are doing and some of the work you do with ministries around the country, uh, how can we, the men who are on this call and the men who are listening to this podcast, how can we jump in and help out Project Light? I know we all want to be part of this um, this ministry and the great work you're doing. So what are some things we can do to help out? I would say first and foremost, pray for us. I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I so firmly believe um, in the power of prayer. And so I would say pray for us, pray for our marriages, pray for our children. Um, pray that we continue with the same docility and obedience that started this whole adventure. Mm -hmm. um, then I would also encourage and ask people to really, it's word of mouth, mm -hmm. is the best way of form of marketing or advertising. Um, you can go on to projectlightministries.com. You can join our mailing list. Uh, we would love for you to just kind of share our message. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram at Project Light Ministries. Um, really just kind of help us get, get the message out about those films. And then, yeah, and also, I mean, we are a nonprofit. We are totally self-funded. Um, Janine and I don't pay ourselves a penny over the last five years. Five years. Uh, this is strictly, a, this is definitely a vocation for us, what we're doing, and yeah. a ministry and a mission. Um, so, Obviously, the more financial support we get, the more resources we can make yeah. uh, to continue to try to provide resources that, you know, shine the light into the darkness. Yeah. And um, your, yeah. your prayer this morning, Joe, you 
a light unto my feet and all your light and dark references. I know, well played, friend. I was like, that's us, man. That's that's the whole. That's our whole mission is to shine the light into the darkness of these issues, to let in God's, you know, healing love and hope. And yeah, um, that's everything that we make. We we run through that filter of is this bringing light into the darkness to try to help have, you know, some hard courageous conversations. Yeah. But we would love for you to to link arms with us financially there's a place on our website where you can become a recurring donor a monthly donor which would really help us out with all the expenses and, and costs that go into running a ministry well I mean I can honestly say as movie producers you know you, that people hear that and think these guys are big-time movie producers so I I would say first and foremost for me as your friend Thank you. Thank you for the ministry you're doing. Thank you for shedding light um, in areas that have been dark for a long time. And you mentioned prayer, Janine, at the very beginning. We're going to close. I'm going to invite you guys to lead us in prayer. Scott will come in on the back side. Um, once you're done, he'll close the, call, close the podcast and the call. But thank you. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for what you're doing. Know that I'm praying for you. Um, and I know I, I try hard to spread the word of what you're doing. Um, so please be assured of the prayers of the men on this call and pray us out of this call. Sure. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. Thank you, Joe, for all your support and friendship of us. We feel your prayers all the time. We're so grateful. And I'm actually going to close us out in a prayer that I wrote for my three sons so that they would um, have something to pray as we approach the launching of the film. So if you would join me in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. To reject passivity, servant of God, Chapin, pray for me that I may die so others may live. To accept responsibility, St. Augustine, pray for me, that I may die so others may live. To lead with honor, servant of God, Capodanno, pray for me, that I may die so others may live. To be used for the greater good, St. Peter, pray for me, that I may die for others to live. To deepen the interior life, and test physical limits. Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati, pray for me that I may die so others may live. To establish holy brotherhood, Saint Marie, pray for me that I may die so others may live. To increase in holiness, Saint Pope John Paul II, pray for me that I may die so others may live. To bind us in true love, Mary most holy, Pray for me, that I may die so others may live. Help me to claim my identity as a man, Jesus, pray for me, that I may sacrifice myself in imitation of you. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Wow, thank you for that uh, great witness. Uh, masculinity really powerful. I, I noticed it uh, the other day, Joe shared it with me, and... Um, Man, what a what a great meditation, what a great prayer. And I know it's something that can be uh found on your Facebook. I think we we shared it as well on the Capin's Men Facebook. So um we'll definitely definitely share that. Um and thanks so much for for being on. Thanks for the work that you do. Thanks for having you know courage to bring up real issues for discussion. It's something that at Capin's Men we recognize the importance of, of doing, of of walking together as a band of brothers. And that only happens if we can be authentic with one another. And um, 
you know, sometimes we need a little bit of uh, <laughs> spurring on from the women in our lives in a good way to encourage us to holiness and to be open. And so we're really grateful for your work and, and excited for uh, the fourth man when it comes out as well. I think that the challenge this week uh, for all of us is and kind of looking forward to that video is um, to go to the book of Daniel, like you had mentioned, the name comes from, and take five, ten minutes, uh, maybe more if you need, uh, just to meditate on the story of the four men in the furnace. And that's in Daniel chapter three. It's a story that's really rich with opportunities, I think, for the Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts as men. And if, as we know, if we don't let the Holy Spirit guide our hearts, something else will. So this week sometime, just go to that and meditate on Daniel chapter 3. Uh, we also want to remind all our listeners that um, the fourth man will be coming out uh, next Tuesday, September 29th, the Feast of the Archangels, St. Michael, St. Raphael, St. Gabriel. Uh, it'll be available on Vimeo or for DVD order. And we'll have links to that, as well as speaking to sparrows in our show notes, and as well as on our Capensman Facebook and Instagram pages. So be sure to follow us there for more information when that comes out. And we may even do uh, some sort of online viewing. I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out, and information will be available. Uh, next week on the podcast, uh, we're going to be talking to a man who can truthfully say that his life has been radically changed by Father Capen's intercession. Some of you may know him or recognize him from our Capons Men pilgrimage series, uh, but we'll be in for a real treat to hear Nick Delasega talk more about the fateful day that his heart suddenly stopped beating and how Father Capon intervened to bring him back to life. It's really a touching and inspiring story from a great friend of Capons Men, so we hope that you can all tune in. Until then, stay humble, stay courageous, and as always, may Father Capon pray for all of us. Thanks for joining us in the foxhole. As we go, we're blessed to leave you with these words from Father Capon himself. We can surely expect that in our own lives there will come a time when we must make a choice between being loyal to the true faith or of giving allegiance to something else which is either opposed to or not in alliance with our faith. O God, we ask of thee, to give us the courage to be ever faithful to thee. Blessed are they who suffer persecution for justice' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. May the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of you. Amen.